How long do you think you can pay attention? 80 hours. An example of when I get distracted is sometimes when at lunchtime uh, I can't stay still in my chair. So um, when I get up out of my chair, I go and do some random things like bounce on a trampoline and play with our to my toys. Welcome to episode 10 of Behaviorally Speaking, a podcast featuring board-certified behavior analysts Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. On this episode, Angela and Kristen aptly turn their focus to paying attention, one of the key executive functioning skills. Through clinically backed strategies and tips for teaching them, they break down ideas you can implement for your child, whether they're in early childhood, middle school, or high school. You'll hear real life examples to help you relate to your own unique situations. Behaviorally Speaking is brought to you by Rethink Benefits, an employer-provided resource to support parents and caregivers of children with learning, social, or behavioral challenges. Learn more at RethinkBenefits.com. And now, here are your hosts, Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. Hello and welcome to our 10th and last episode of Behaviorally Speaking for 2020. I am one of your hosts, Angela Nelson, board certified behavior analyst and mother of two. And I'm Kristen Bondi, also a board certified behavior analyst and mother of two. Wow, our last episode. It feels like we just started. Well, last episode of the year, I should say. Yeah, I know. It's gone by fast. I can't believe we've, this is our 10th one. I know. Wow. I was just thinking, I was talking with a parent yesterday and I was saying, it feels like 2020 just started, but then I'm like, March feels like two years ago. So I'm not really sure if I feel like this has been a long year or a short year, but we made it. <laughs> We're at the end. Oh, it's been, yeah, I know. It's It's been quite a unique year. Let's just say that. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. All right, well, let's dive in for today. So today we are going to be piggybacking off of our last episode, and we're going to be talking about another skill in executive function. So just to review it a little bit, so executive function is a set of mental skills, and those include working memory, flexible thinking, and self-control. So we use these skills every day to learn and work and really manage our daily life. If you're a Rethink participant, you can certainly listen to the webinar I hosted in October. I mentioned it last podcast as well, where I broke down all of the skills and gave some strategies for teaching those. And that's also live on the site. So be sure to check that out if you are a Rethink participant. That's a good one. It's a yes. really good one, everyone. <laughs> yeah, be sure to tune into that. And so last month, we addressed another topic of executive function and we talked about organization. And for this episode, we are going to be talking specifically about paying attention and staying on task. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Oh, yeah. I'm sure a lot of parents are like, yes. <laughs> Cheering. Yes, Please. I know. <laughs> so, so by definition, paying attention is the ability to remain focused on a situation or a task in spite of distractibility, fatigue, or boredom. So that's mm -hmm. the actual definition of it. And of course, there's going to be a lot of skills that fall into that category. So some of those are things like completing one or more chore with some prompts or maybe independently, depending on the age of your child. Certainly, can your child complete homework assignments with some breaks um, with some assistance, maybe again, depending on the age of your child. 
And then last but not least, can your child follow multiple step instructions? So those are going to be some skills that we see in the area of staying on task and paying attention. Yeah, those are those are good ones. And those come up all the time, mm-hmm. really across uh, the lifespan of a kid, you know, of the, the childhood and teen years and really adult adult year, years, yeah, too. definitely. Yeah. So we'll we'll just do another shout out again to our beloved book, Smart <laughs> Scattered, Dr. Guare, Dr. Dawson. We gave him a shout out last month, but a continuation this month, because, um, again, that book really hits a lot of these big components of executive function, specifically paying attention and staying focused. So definitely check out that book if you haven't already. Um, I think, you know, the other thing to point out too, just as we get started, as this topic is so important right now, as we are still in the COVID-19 pandemic, if you're watching or listening to this, um, you know, relatively soon after we (laughs) record it, hopefully, um, We'll be getting out of that uh, pandemic period soon. But uh, yeah, you know, this has really been, I think we mentioned this last month, has been probably the number one concept or topic of our discussions all year with Mm -hmm. parents. Yeah, You know, with regards, yeah, I mean, with regards to remote learning, probably one of the biggest issues that parents have had. So how do I help my child stay focused on a computer (laughs) <laughs> uh, based class for a long period of time. How do I help them sustain attention and and so on? So hopefully by the end of today's podcast, you'll be able to take away a couple good tips to implement if your child's still remote learning, they're doing a hybrid or really just applying to a lot of aspects of life. As Kristen said, even things like, you know, keeping those, get, keep, keeping your focus and attention to get some chores done. Right, exactly. And I was just thinking along with that, how do I keep my child from those distractions? (laughs) So all of those things that are so distracting. I had a call yesterday with a parent and we were talking just about that, where the little guy was, he's, he's on his virtual learning, doing his thing. And then all of a sudden, oh, he's on YouTube. (laughs) How do you get there? And that is just so common right now. I'm talking with so many families about that. So All right, Mm -hmm. so let's get started. And and just like last week, we're gonna go ahead and break this up by age. So we're gonna start and talk about our little ones in terms of staying on task and paying attention. So especially for paying attention and staying on task, we wanna think about what are, what's the appropriate expectations? So we want to make sure we yeah. have the appropriate expectations for our child or children before we expect them to, let's say, pay attention for 60 minutes and maybe they're four. So we're going to go through a little bit of that with all of the ages. But to break it down a little bit for our preschool and elementary kids, two to five years old, we're at about 15 to 20 minutes for paying attention. And it's really only about five minutes for doing an activity. So that's a relatively Mm -hmm. short amount of time. And then, of course, as kids get older, they can pay attention and stay on task a little bit longer. For six to eight, we see it increases a little bit where they can pay attention for about 20 to 30 minutes. And then for doing an activity, it's about 15 to 20 minutes. So we definitely see that it goes up a bit. And then still within this age group of elementary, we have our nine and 10 year olds. And so we're gonna see it increase a little more and it's about 30 to 60 minutes for paying attention and doing an activity. So it's about the same. Mm -hmm. So that really helps set expectations. And Angie and I talk about this all the time with parents, but 
Not only thinking about the expectations for that age group, but what's the baseline for your child? So just because the expectation is 20 minutes for paying attention, if your child's at 10 minutes, then you need to consider that when you're thinking about systems and strategies for your child. Or vice versa too, right? If you maybe are having quote unquote unrealistic expectations, Mm -hmm. expecting your kids to pay attention a lot longer than developmentally maybe they're able to do. So yeah, I'm so glad you brought this up. This is a great way to kind of start this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. And this applies to the classroom too. I think that if you're, if, if your teacher is, is, I think we talked about this last time too, but if your teacher's expectations for the whole mm-hmm. class is way higher than you're thinking your child can do based on development or their development, don't be afraid to speak up and say, hey, my child needs a couple more breaks. This this hour-long session that you're providing where you expect him to pay attention that whole time, he just can't do that. So just making mm-hmm. sure to advocate for your child in those situations too. Mm-hmm. All right, so we are gonna break this up and talk about some tips for systems to help your child, and in this case, we're talking about those preschoolers and elementary, to stay on task and pay attention. So one of the most most often used, I say, or the, or the ones that I probably suggest most often, <laughs> is using some sort of incentive system for your child. So yeah. let's create some way for them to see, all right, first I have to do this, and then I'm going to do this. And it's a biggie that we use with our little ones. And we really are just showing them, hey, there's a light at the end of the tunnel here. You know, Sitting down mm-hmm. and, and focusing on your computer might not be your favorite thing to do, but maybe you get your favorite show or your favorite book afterward. So definitely something that you can try with your child. And then I think it's equally important to make sure that you're praising for sustaining activity and completing that task. So quite often, and I I probably do this too, you tend to want to correct a behavior. So you say, hey, pay attention or stay on task or look at your teacher, whatever it might be rather than actually praising when the behavior is happening. So mm-hmm. we talk about it a lot and saying, okay, let's praise the behaviors we wanna see continue. So if your child's on task, go up and say, hey, wow, good job, look at you, you're doing fantastic. And then they're more likely to continue that because they wanna look for, they're looking for that praise from you. Right, I think also just following up afterwards and saying, wow, I am so proud of you for being able to focus that whole time. You didn't mm-hmm. even need me or you were you were staying really on track that whole time. That's a, a great behavior specific type praise. Exactly. And setting them, them up for that independence. We're going to talk a lot more about that when we get to middle school and high school, but we are already mm-hmm. setting them up for some of the that independence that they're going to need when content gets a little harder for them. Yeah. And of course, no brainer here probably, but minimize those distractions when you can, however you can. So if the dog is a distraction, if the food in the the kitchen is a distraction, if a sibling is a distraction, and of course, anything on that computer that might be a distraction. Yes, yes. If if their um, PlayStation is in their room where they're doing their homework or their schoolwork, then we're going to want to try to put those things away as much as we can. Just really minimizing those just so they can be as successful as they can. A couple of the things you can try too, uh, giving breaks. This is this is so important for sustaining attention, making sure that we're giving breaks in in the middle of some some of the work they're doing or maybe in the middle of one of their assignments of one of their uh, synchronous learning 
classes if you can, but making sure to add in those breaks because if we're requiring a child to sit for too long, then they're gonna fall off task, but maybe if we give them a proactive break before they're off task, they can stretch it out, get the wiggles out a bit, and then they can come back to their activities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then definitely uh, using visuals as a reminder <laughs> for paying attention. I feel like every episode, I'm like, visual support. <laughs> but, it's your jam. <laughs> yes, but you definitely want to make sure, in this case, that we can use some visuals so your child can see you could put a little reminder on their computer that says stay on task or maybe something that shows this is what your work time looks like versus this is what your play time looks like. You could certainly put that together with that first then that we talked about earlier. So first you have your work time, then you have your play time. So really just using visual supports to support your child in this area so they know exactly what you're talking about. Absolutely. Yes. And then last but not least, Make the task interesting and get creative. So for our little ones, we do have to get creative. This is totally new territory for them. Maybe not new now since we're about six months into it, but it's new territory in that when they're at school, things are a lot, probably a lot more creative for them in general. They have a lot more things going on rather than when they're sitting at their computer and it's not as exciting as, as maybe in the classroom. So thinking about some ways, if there's a subject in particular your child isn't that into, let's think about some ways that you can make it fun. So a a personal experience is my son, he does not like to write. He's getting better, but he's not a huge fan of writing. So we actually got over the, when we were quarantined, I I wanted to work on writing with him. So we got uh, some of those little rainbow pads. Some of you might be familiar with them, but it's basically a, a pad of paper and it comes with a little, um, wooden pencil. It's not an actual pencil, but a wooden scraper thing we'll call it oh yeah. we just ordered some of those yesterday that the girls oh. were calling them scratch pads yes now yes. we know what you're talking about like yeah. it's all colorful it's underneath and you scratch mm-hmm. off the, the black top part yeah. yeah uh-huh they're awesome i was actually i i got them for them my kids and i was like this is really cool can you do this so, <laughs> can so I have some? <laughs> it was, it's actually really really neat so thinking about creative ways to do that um Another funny example is, of course, I said my son, you know, he was at preschool. He was really fighting writing his name and he just didn't want to do it. I don't know why he doesn't want to write. I have not quite figured that part out, but he just doesn't like it. So but of course he has to. Well, yesterday or two days ago, I came home and my husband's truck needed to be washed clearly. And I actually drove up and I noticed that Parker had written his name in dirt or, or in like his finger through the dirt had written Parker on the truck. And I was like, yes, <laughs> so he's writing his name. He likes to. So I came in and I said to my husband, I was like, oh my gosh, he wrote his name on your truck. He's like, I know. And then he wanted to write the number 100. And I was like, go for it. <laughs> so, so he drew all over the car. So just again, another just yeah. creative way to get them to work on something that maybe they're not likely to do, but we can think of some fun ways mm-hmm. to, to work on that task. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Always never a dull moment over here. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about supervising and maintaining. So certainly we can establish some of the, some of these systems. And just like we talked about last time, you really have to make sure that you're supervising and maintaining as well so that we can increase the skill. Um, in this case, staying on task and paying attention. So 
one that is very important is going to be check-ins. And we talked about it last time a lot too, I think, but making sure that you are checking in at specific points. So we talked about figuring out a baseline earlier and how long can your child actually pay attention? Mm-hmm. If it's 10 minutes, all right, well then we're going to want to make sure we're checking in at maybe eight or nine minutes so we can get them before they're off task. I like to compare this one to potty training a lot. So, you know, if you're potty training a toddler and you, okay, he goes every 30 minutes. Well, I'm going to get in there at minute 28 and prompt him to go to the bathroom so he doesn't have an accident. So it's the same thing here. We're going to, we want to prompt our child. Intercept. Yes. Intercept the challenge. Um, So, so yeah, make sure that you're getting in there and um, onto the really what goes along with that is when you get in there and you're, maybe it's 10 minutes, you go in at minute eight, you're going to prompt what, what needs to happen. So if your child is starting to get off task, we might prompt a break. If your child Mm -hmm. uh, looks like they're struggling with, with their academics, you might want to prompt them to ask you for help. So just taking a scan of what's going on and let's go ahead and prompt before that meltdown. I'm just thinking too, that works out well. If they are still on task, then you have a chance to praise. Praise. I was just going to say that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You read my mind. Exactly. (laughs) So it kind of circles back to making sure that you're praising when they're on task. A hundred percent. Yes. And it's a nice opportunity to do that. So it's, it's a good way to remind yourself like, okay, I've got to check in and I'm going to do one of three things when I get there. And it's a nice way to remember, oh, I've got to praise as well when they are on task. That's actually a good idea to kind of have a checklist for yourself. When I go mm-hmm. ahead of time, when I go in there, I'm going to do one of three things. I'm going to either praise, I'm going to prompt for a break, prompt to ask for help, redirect, you know, so you have like a uh-huh. set goal yes. list for yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. And then something that's really important is to increase those check-ins during tasks that you know are hard. So for instance, with my son, I would I would increase my check-ins during a writing task because I know, oh, this is the time where he's usually going to fall off the wagon. Right. So I'm right. going to make sure to go in ahead of time, check in, and maybe I need to encourage more breaks. Mm-hmm. And then this talks about... Um, Showing them how to use a timer or the visuals that you're using. This is so important. And I feel like, Angie, you do this with your kids, right? In terms of them using their own timer now. Yeah, we have the Alexa app. And yeah, actually, a good example is literally right now. It's uh, (laughs) 1130 a.m. And they have to be at school by 1230. So I said, I'm going to help you guys prep lunch. We're putting it in the fridge. Set the Alexa for 1130. Hopefully it went off because I was... um, seven minutes ago <laughs> and you, to prompt yourself to eat your lunch because I'm doing a podcast and I can't come out and, and, and help you. So, yeah. So it's just a way for them to, yeah, it's a reminder, but yeah, we definitely use timers a lot for just, you know, you need to be reading for a certain amount of time. So it helps rem- remind them to stay on task and focus for, for a set number of minutes or yeah. Yeah. It's, Whatever it's it might be. Yeah. And we'll talk about it more too when we get to our older kids in terms of having them recognize how long they can focus and then being able to set that timer and say, oh, I better I better make sure that I'm, I take a break, proactively take mm-hmm. a break. So we'll talk a little bit more about that one a little bit later. And last but not least for our little ones, 
making sure that that you are helping them to start an activity at an appropriate time. So with our older kids, we might give them a little more leeway and say, hey, oh, you've got to do your homework. Figure out when you can do that. You know, fit it into Mm -hmm. your schedule. But with our little ones, I think we're still really prompting them when to do things because they're not, you know, they don't create their own schedule just yet. And so making sure that you're aware of what's going on with your child when you're starting that homework activity. If they need a snack, then it might not be the best time to start. Or if your child just woke up, it might not be a best time, the best time to start right. something. I have Absolutely. an example of that. <laughs> so my son has, uh, he just started preschool this year and they have just one homework assignment and they do it on the weekends and it's the letter of, of the week. So he has to just print out or um, cut out magazine pictures of something that starts with that letter. And then he puts it on a poster and then he brings it into school on Mondays. Mm -hmm. So this is about the third week into school. We got the first two in and we went out of town for the weekend and we came back and we got home pretty late Sunday night. So we didn't have a chance to, to do it. And then it was Monday morning and I was like, Oh, we didn't do your poster buddy, but let's do it tonight. And then we'll turn it in tomorrow. It's no problem. Well, my husband overheard and was like, what? (laughs) He didn't do his poster. He needs to do his homework. Um, and this is like early in the morning. And I was like, well, I mean, it's probably better that he does it tonight because it's not going to go well if we try to do it right now before school. He's not a morning person. Well, needless (laughs) to say, we, we went ahead and tried it that morning and it was a, it was a full on meltdown. Um, we got it done. (laughs) I will say we got it done, but it was just, it's, it's such a perfect example of, the timing and making sure that it's right. Because right. had I not been paying attention to that, I would have been like, man, he's really fighting this task. But I knew I knew he was fighting it because it was in the morning and he was tired. So mm-hmm. <laughs> funny yeah. story, though, I will say that um, I just found out two days ago that that actual assignment is due any day of the week. <laughs> so it doesn't even have to be turned in on Monday. And I found that out three months later. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know... <laughs> So he was always so punctual. And I was always wondering, I would ask him, I would say, hey, did anyone else do their poster today? And every time on Mondays, I'd pick him up and he'd say no. And I was like, why isn't anybody else doing this? (laughs) Are we supposed to be doing this? Um, And it turns out that no, they were all doing it. They just were turning it in on like Thursday, whereas we were very punctual with that assignment. (laughs) At that age, so much of it has to do with the parent schedule, Uh you know, but it is a good lesson though in... The timing can really dictate your level of attention and focus and just your ability to mm-hmm. perform. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And the same thing so. goes for adults too. So exactly. We just have to monitor exactly. it and think about it for our kids. But yeah, it's the same thing for right. everybody. Yeah. Well, that's a good segue into talking about some older age groups. We're going to, my, my task is to talk about the middle school age. <laughs> and I like Kristen, how you laid out kind of expectations, um, what are Mm -hmm. developmentally appropriate expectations for kids. And so I think I'm just going to put that in here too for middle schoolers. So around, you know, let's say around 12 to 14, you're looking at attention being about 60 to 90 minutes to sustain attention. And then when it comes to doing an activity, you can, you can assume about two hours with breaks Mm -hmm. to to be able to, to do an activity. Um, so let's dive right into those systems. Some of these are going to be iterations of what Kristen mentioned, different examples, but a lot of the concepts are, are going to be similar. So um, this one, though, we want to dive a little bit more into the technology 
definitely, you know, with all the innovation that has happened just even in the recent five years, take advantage of some of that technology using apps, for example. There was uh, something, what is it, Kristen? Revive? Revive, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is one example of a watch that gives vibrations to your child for helping them to, to remain focused, essentially, or, or vibrations for, for remembering to do things. Uh, I think it's definitely great for, for focus. You know, are you still on task? Are you still on task? So mm -hmm. on. Right. They make similar things for younger kids, too. There's a Hey Joy watch uh, that we learned about for uh, keeping kids on a schedule. I love it because it's it gives you a little visual. It's like a picture of a toothbrush, right? Um, mm -hmm. And then time to brush your down. teeth. And you can be like, well, yeah. I, the watch said so. Wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't me. It was the watch. <laughs> That's, I think that transcends beyond this aspect of executive functioning, right? The attention and focus into other things like organizational systems mm -hmm. and stuff. But right. definitely still... You know, we're not endorsing any of these products, but these are just pretty cool examples of things we've seen. Um, but yeah, signaling on task, off task, right? For self-monitoring, we're big fans of self-monitoring, being able to um, be more independent and, and facilitate those independent skills for your kids. Um, helps you, you know, re remind yourself of your schedule and so on. So yeah, so, yeah, I give an example a lot when I'm talking with parents about this. So, and I always kind of giggle when I give this example, but if you're, let's say as an adult, you're sitting and maybe you're typing an email and then like a car drives by or something, something distracts you or you start thinking mm -hmm. about something, you can realize like, oh, I'm off task. And you kind of click and you get back onto what you were doing. And I always laugh because I'm like, mm -hmm. most adults can do that. Not everybody, certainly, you know, you might get off task and, and get distracted. But with our, you know, middle schoolers, we want to give them some sort of system so that they can start to do that on their own. They can give themselves that little wiggle like, oh, whoops, you're right. I wasn't paying attention right now. And then get themselves back on track. Yeah, that's great. It's kind of like this external prompt. And then right. ideally you can fade that out over mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like I, I'm more distractible now that I'm a parent. I feel oh, like yeah, I you hear everything. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, or I just I'm putting laundry in and then something happens or and then you just leave the laundry. And oh, yes. What's going, what is happening to me? I've done that a lot of times, actually. I need to start boosting up my executive functioning uh, <laughs> strategies for myself. So um, anyways, next item or next suggestion example, making the task interesting, just like Kristen said before, um, you know, picking a topic for writing, maybe that plays into your middle schooler's strengths or their interests, right? Um, creating pre-scheduled breaks if they need them. This is where they're getting older. They're in kind of the tween years, right? So get their buy-in, have them be involved, ask them, you know, how long do you think you usually can go before you start to get off task? Maybe, off task? Maybe you should integrate a break in there for yourself. You yeah. know, so start involving them. Um, you mentioned this earlier, using incentive plans and incentive systems. Oh, yes. Definitely important. You can still use that, what we call the pre-MAC principle first then, right? So it's in this case, it might be first get your homework done, then you can start gaming uh, or something tangible, whether it's checklists and tokens to be traded in later or whatever, really, whatever mm -hmm. is motivating to your child. We, we talk about motivation systems throughout all of our podcasts. Right. Mm -hmm. um, 
definitely. Just generally offering praise, right? For sustained attention and, and completing tasks. You, you hit that one pretty hard earlier too, and definitely still applies with this age group. And then one other system um, is, you know, kind of getting creative in terms of your, your schedule. So something like, okay, by four o'clock, if you get all your work done, then the internet goes on, right? So you can start going on social media or whatever it is, right. use that approach where you're giving them some control and also some flexibility on when they do their work. So for younger kids, I know for my kids, we're still doing the remote learning in the morning and then they go to school in the afternoon. Sometimes I have meetings starting at eight or nine in the morning. So we're up at the, at the crack of dawn doing their <laughs> asynchronous work at like 6.30 or seven in the morning because that's the time I have to help them. But when it comes to kids getting a little older, giving them some flexibility where they can own and kind of manage their own schoolwork or chores. Maybe you're just saying, hey, you have control on when it's done, but as long as you're done by four o'clock, sure, you can have the internet. But if you dilly-dally and you procrastinate and you're not focused and you don't get those tasks completed, you're just gonna be eating into your gaming time, right? Mm -hmm. So those are some things to kind of think about. Give them some flexibility um, and maybe give some parameters. Yeah, I love that one. I actually feel like I suggest that to a family once a week. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. And I think it's because when kids get to this age, they do want to start feeling more independent and more in control. And this is a really nice way to say, look, here's what you have to do. I'm here to help you. But you've got to essentially take control of these things. And when you finish, then sure, you get this as your, you know, you get to play this game or whatever it might be. So, yeah, I think that's a good one. Absolutely. Yeah. So going into some of the tips for, for supervising and, and maintaining, right? So we can um, show them how to set up their own timer. So instead of us doing that, have them and kind of teach them the, the skills. So I think we talked about that a little bit last time too. Mm -hmm. I think it was the example of, you can't just give a kid a checklist. Yes. You have to give them the checklist and show them how to do it and monitor. So mm -hmm. we can uh, help them set up their own timer and remind them and, and kind of coach them through that. Same thing with visuals, right? So if you are going to put something in your calendar to help you stay on track or, or even to ask for help, well, what does that look like? Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, also, we want to encourage them planning an appropriate time to start a task similar to what you were talking about uh, with Parker's homework example mm -hmm. or the, the poster example, right? So encouraging them, hey, you know what? Maybe it's not the best time to start homework immediately after school if your child is the kind of kid that needs a little decompression time. So, you know, get a drink of water, have a little break, right? Um, this happens especially for kids that really want to rush through and they don't want to take breaks or they just want to plow through their homework. Right, okay, right. maybe that's fine, but maybe you, you do that at a more appropriate time so you can kind of encourage your kids to, to think about that. Yeah, that one is so important. Okay, just to kind of finish up the last couple things or I guess tips for supervising and maintaining, definitely talk with your middle schooler about distractions and making better choices, right? So this is kind of what you mentioned mm -hmm. earlier. With little guys, we want to kind of clear away those distractions for them, but... Once they get into middle school, they really should be kind of empowered with making those choices, right? Or, or supported at least making those choices. So, you know, what do you think we should probably do with that cell phone? Or do you think it's a great idea to be doing your homework at uh, in the same area of, of your Xbox or right. uh, your gaming systems, right? So definitely be thinking about those sort of things, helping that encourage them to make some better choices around distractions. And then lastly, 
talking about structuring their, their homework schedule, right? So, you know, do you want to burn out with a long task um, when you still have a lot of little tasks to go? Or yeah, this is actually something that I think is personal choice, right? So if I have a lot of things to do, I am more inclined to do the little tasks first so I can feel accomplished. Like, okay, I've I've uh, been able to pay attention with all these things, complete all these tasks, and I'll save this mm-hmm. long one for later. Some other people think, you know what, this is my hardest task. I want to get it out of the way. And then once I'm done with that, then I'm over the hill and it's just a breeze with all the little ones. So, you know, there's no right or wrong way to do that. But that's also something to think about helping your kids kind of understand and make some choices around that. I think will be really helpful. Yeah, I'm probably the second one, actually. I mean, maybe I would want to knock off some smaller things, but I'm, I tend to just go head first into like, well, this is really hard. I'm going to get this one done. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I'm kind of the opposite, I yeah, think. Yeah, interesting. We usually have a lot more similarities than differences, so I'm very surprised by this. <laughs> we might <laughs> we need to reevaluate our friendship. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, so that's really good. I think that one thing that you're really saying here is once our kids are getting a little older, they're getting to that middle school, mm-hmm. we really want to start giving them more independence. And that's really like the common theme through what you were saying. We want to yeah. let go of the leash a little bit. It's hard to do, but we want to say, hey, you know, you're getting bigger, you're getting older. Let's start to set you up for those preteen and teen years where mm-hmm. we're going to talk about teens next. And I think things change quite a bit when we get to teens. And a lot of you who might be listening who have a teen might be thinking, yeah, we have to get really creative, I think, when we get to our teenagers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so for our teens and young adults, so we'll just go along with with um, what we've talked about before. But, but I do want to mention this one we're now we're really talking about preparing for adulthood. So what are all of the things that we have to do in terms of staying on task and paying attention that are going to help us prepare for adulthood, planning and prioritizing and really making sure that we're getting those things done. So again, we go back to expectations and really the baseline for your teen. So 15 and up, typically we see that at this age, they should, not all, but they should be able to designate that required time to do something and actually be able to do it within that time frame. So that's where we talk a lot about time management. So we kind of mm-hmm. veer off a bit into time management. I talked about that a lot during during that webinar, if you want to tune yes. into that. Um, but really, can they, can they figure out how long is this going to take me? Am I going to start this activity with enough time to do it? And then am I going to get it done? And that's really what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. So some tips for our systems for our teenagers. A common theme that you're going to notice with teenagers, and we mentioned it a lot last time, is you want to work with your teen. That's going to be right. the biggest thing. If you take nothing else away from this section, I would take away working with your teen. So in mm-hmm. this case, working with them to determine the length of time that they can stay on task. So what's their baseline? Again, we mentioned it earlier. How long can you focus on this task before you get distracted? And what does that time look like? Great. Mm -hmm. 30 minutes, 60 minutes. Okay. Let's set a timer for maybe 30 minutes to remind yourself to take a break. So really Mm -hmm. working with your team to come up with that. 
And then, yeah. And then I guess to go along with that is coming up with a negotiated solution. So in that smart but scattered book, of course, they have that teen edition. And one of the big things they talk about with teens is coming up with a negotiated solution. So you want to get their input. We can't just do when they're teenagers, we can't just go with the, well, it's my way or the highway because I said so. Certainly a Mm -hmm. lot of, you know, you might want to still try that, but you're going to get a lot more pushback rather than just saying, let's work together here. How can I help you with this task? What is it? How can I help you? Right. And then, yeah. Oh, and this is a, a making sure to check in with your teen periodically. And one suggestion that I like to give to families is you could even say to your team, do you want me to call you periodically? You know, if they've got their phone right there, I'll call you every hour and see how you're doing it. If you want me to call you to help you stay on task or at least come up with some other solution to stay on task. But again, we're just talking about collaboration. So Mm -hmm. using an app, you talked about that before, you could certainly still use that Revive app. Um, but a way for them to come up with a way to keep themselves on task. I actually, I had a call yesterday with a mom who has a teen and it was our follow-up call. We were talking about this exact thing. And she said, well, you know what? He really just wants to put post-its all over his computer. And I was like, hey, if that's what works for him, let's do it. <laughs> you know, yeah. post-its work for him and let's use it. So right. <laughs> figure out yeah. what works for your teen or rather let them figure out what works for them. And then you can support them that way. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Um, Of course, again, a couple of things we've already talked about using the incentive systems. Keep those going for teens. We talked about it last podcast. You can never really there's there's never an age to stop those. So I think continuing to support your child with those. Certainly with teens, we might they might be more motivated by money or maybe Xbox time. And you could certainly still use those things for getting their work completed, being independent, maybe creating their own schedule, things like that. Yeah. Yep. And then, of course, again, a couple of these are similar to what you had mentioned. We want to make sure we're praising staying on task, praising task completion, using the same system that we mentioned before for middle schoolers where, hey, if you complete this activity by a certain amount of time, then you get your video games. I um, I talk with families a lot with this with teens in particular who want to be in control again, they want to, they want to control their day. And it's like, great, you can do that, you know, set up your system however you want. But then if you finish by, let's say 7 p.m., well, then you can go on and game with your friends or whatever it might be that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then, yes, yes, definitely. That's a big one. That's probably, probably maybe most important for your teen or that cell phone that might be. Might yeah, be I mean, too. if you think about it, it's hard. We, we want to, but put a general statement out there too. We work with a lot of families that have children with ADHD and teens, mm-hmm, right? So we right. know that this these challenges can be pretty severe, pretty significant, um, but positive reinforcement definitely can make a difference. So yeah, I think for teens, what you just said, that's one of the, the hugest things, you know, trying really hard using the different systems that you and they generate together and reinforce that with, hey, you know, if we try and we use those systems by seven o'clock, if you're done, Great. You can go out mm-hmm. with your friends. That's just really, really adding a couple nice things together that we know to be effective. Yes, definitely. So important. And then just to round out the tips for systems for our teens, a lot of teens and, and those of you listening who have a teenager might think, my child doesn't want to ask for help. <laughs> they they don't want mm-hmm. my support. And they think that's where we run into the biggest hurdle with teenagers is 
they don't want your support, but they might still need your support. And that's where we run into that struggle. Mm -hmm. So a couple ways that you can combat that is encourage your teen to maybe have a a friend or a peer, somebody at school that can be their go-to person that they can ask that person for help. Maybe they're comfortable asking a peer for help and not you, but maybe, or their teacher, but they can go to that peer. And maybe there's a peer in particular that just always seems to get their work done on time. You know, go to that one and ask, what can I do? Um, And really they can hold themselves, hold each other accountable. So, you know, similar to if you're doing a workout plan and you want to have a friend or a buddy go with you. Well, you know, if they're doing it too, it's like, all right, well, I can't give up. You know, I can't let my friend down. So same thing. Peer pressure. Yes, peer pressure. Encourage them to do something like that too. And then, of course, for this age group, have them create some goals or some project benchmarks. So sometimes there might be a really overwhelming task for your teen. It's like, whoa, I'm not doing that. I'm out of here. But if you could could help them break it down a little bit and say, hey, this isn't so bad. Yeah, that that five-page essay, that seems like a lot. But maybe we could just do one page today and help them break it down so that they can learn how to do that themselves, of course. But that might help with what seems to be really overwhelming to start out help them stay on task. Yeah. Yes. And then last but not least here, so supervising and maintaining, of course, as we've mentioned, so important. You can't just give them all of these systems. We have to also help maybe supervise and maintain. Gets tricky with our teenagers, but uh, definitely, you know, continue on trying to check in with them periodically. Uh, I mentioned it, uh, I think I mentioned it on the last podcast, actually, where checking in with your, when we were talking about organization, maybe checking in with your teen every other day to make sure that they were, that they had Mm -hmm. gotten all of the things to go to school. So you can use the same concept here. So saying, hey, I'm going to give you this flexibility to do it on your own. And maybe I'm going to check your schoolwork every other day. See where you're at, making sure you're turning in assignments. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, of course, talk about those distractions. I think as teenagers, uh, teenagers want to do things in their head most often. It's like, oh, yeah, 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 I'll get get back to that. My friend just called me. Hold on. Let me call my friend back, and then I'll get back to that task. And we might find Mm -hmm. that they didn't get back to that task. (laughs) So when these things pop up, these distractions pop up for your teen, help them come up with a system that says, oh, call my friend back. Maybe they put it on that post-it note beside them. Call my friend back Mm -hmm. when I'm done with this activity. So really have a heart to heart about those distractions and how you can work on those when you're doing your work time. This is great for adults too. Yeah, it really is. I know. We probably have some adults listening like, I'm going to use some of these tips. Yeah. (laughs) And then of course, um, discussing their own plan for paying attention. I I talk with a lot of families about this when it comes to really any executive functioning skill, but have your teenager come up with a plan on how they're going to do it. And then once they do that, you could say, great. Now, how can I support you with that plan? And if we go at it with that approach, then we might be more likely to have some for your child to accept that support from you rather than saying, here are my mm-hmm. ideas for you. What do you think? You know, have them, having Absolutely. them come up with their own ideas and then we can support yeah. them with those. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. 
And then last but not least, it might be my favorite, depending on your teenager, of course, but establishing those weekly meetings. So a lot of families I'm talking with right now, I'm saying, could you have a Sunday meeting with your with your child or your teen and say, all right, let's look at our week. You know, what do we have to do for the week? How can we break this these big tasks down? Or how can we add those breaks into our schedule? Or how can we create our calendar for the week? And, and all of those things. But coming up with that meeting and making it an established meeting that you always have so your teen knows to expect it. So we don't just bombard them <laughs> with, why are you off task? And then and then try to have the meeting then. <laughs> so yeah. try to establish it ahead of time. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of what we talked about today, just kind of in, in closing, you know, just automatically waving a magic wand and being like, you're your attention is increased, you know, it, it doesn't happen, right? right? So some kids have a really, really hard time. And Kristen, you and I work with a lot of families who are really struggling with this attention, mm-hmm. focus, very, very short time frame that they can, then they can attend or sustain attention. And so these things are not miracle fixes. Really, these are proactive strategies that are efficacious in the, the research and have been tried and tried many times. And that, you know, they really do, they really do work, but they take a little bit of work, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the whole reason why we've put in the tips for supervising and maintaining right. too, right? Trying out different things that work. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's, it's, this is a, this is one of those hard, hard executive functioning skills to, to increase. Mm-hmm. So, but, um, you know, we're, we're confident that, uh, with these variety of examples, you'll find something that uh, you might like. So, Right. And even small incremental changes. I think we talk about that a lot, but if your child is paying attention or staying on task a little longer each day, then you know, you're on the right track. You know, we're not going to, it's like you said, it's not going to be a miracle. It's like, oh my goodness, all of a sudden you're, you can do it all because I gave you this, this timer. It's like, well, no, Mm -hmm. we have to do, put it all together. But I think pay attention to those small changes because that's really what's most important. And that will lead to all of these big changes that we want to see. That's a really good point too. Taking a little, even just making some notes, mm-hmm. using a timer for yourself too, right? So right. your child this week is kind of sustaining attention during remote class for maybe about eight minutes or so at a time before he gets off track. Mm-hmm. But then you start implementing these things. You start realize, oh, an average of nine minutes, ten right. minutes, eleven minutes. Those small wins, we got to celebrate those. Mm-hmm. You know, those are those are incremental um, steps towards progress. So yes, yeah, definitely. that's a really good point. So, okay. So I know we always do a little world talk with real moms. We will kind of end up here. Um, For me, one of my kids um, has struggled a little bit more than the other with attention and focus and constantly kind of just getting off track. Hey, we're going to go take a bath. One person, one little person goes straight in. (laughs) The other little person gets, you know, lost in playing in the room. And I found that when, when I see her during her remote school, Many times she is not sitting. She's standing. The teacher's fine with it. She's standing and she's singing. She's muted, mm-hmm. but she's singing. And huh. I, I go in there and I look and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, she's totally off task. No, she is writing. She's she's in the math, doing all the math, getting it correct. Uh, but that is something that she does. That's some of the trick that she has found for herself to keep her attention uh, glued to that math book. Um, and she sometimes will also fidget with, with toys too, or she'll squish the Play-Doh or play with, you know, little Rubik's Mm -hmm. cube type things. But, um, yeah, so I guess, you know, for me, I I was initially thinking, well, that's not the way to study, you know, thank goodness she's not in the classroom because that would never fly in the classroom. But I'm realizing she's at a young age, she's 
trying to identify ways that help her stay focused and attend. And it might not be a traditional approach that I would take, or I think is Mm -hmm. quote unquote right or wrong, but it's working for her. And so I guess my takeaway is really to be open-minded and realize that everybody has their kind of unique ways to, to keep them focused. So um, I say go with it, you know? That is so important too. And I feel like we're finally getting into a place where classes are more, classrooms in general are more accepting of things like this. I've mm-hmm. I've noticed uh, lots of schools I've worked in were kind of trending in the right direction where kids can stand in their chair or right beside their chair. They've got all those yeah. cool like yoga ball chairs that kids can sit in. There's like little yeah. seats, cushions you can put on. They make weighted, um, weighted stuffed animals. Kids can sit on their lap and fidget with those. And so- I like it that we're moving in the right direction, that there is no traditional way to focus. And I think that that's so important. And I was thinking of an example as you were talking, a lot of people and kids too, and I know a lot of adults do this, they can listen to music when they're working on something. Yes, I'm not one of those people. I cannot. I yes, we're, we're, we align <laughs> again. We yeah, <laughs> We're back on track. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I wish I was one of those people, yeah, but I am not. <laughs> I can't. It is so distracting for me. Like I need silence, especially if I'm writing something or reading something. I, I need silence. If I'm working mm-hmm. on, I don't even know what I could be working on with music, but I am definitely not that person. And so, but a lot of people are. So it's so important to think about what is, what can work for your child in terms of focus. And I I talk with a lot of families who they say to me, oh, my child really loves to listen to music when she's doing her schoolwork, but is she focused? And it's like, well, if she's getting her work done, then yes. You know? So I love that you mentioned that Mm -hmm. coming up with an approach that works for your child. Cause really there is no cookie cutter approach. Yeah. Individualization. Mm -hmm. So important. Yes, definitely. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today, everyone. We're so excited that you joined us for our last episode of the year, our 10th episode of Behaviorally Speaking. So join us next year as we're lining up more great content for you. Until then, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. You've been listening to Behaviorally Speaking with Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. Brought to you by Rethink Benefits. Find out more about Rethink at RethinkBenefits.com, where you can find past podcast episodes under the Resources tab. We also invite you to subscribe, follow, like, and leave us feedback wherever you listen to podcasts. Your feedback helps us prepare topics and content for future episodes.